From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. We appreciate you all being with us uh, as we move ever closer to uh, all through Advent and uh, to the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to welcome in Eva Montaigne, who, who is going to tell us all about the 20th annual Walk for Life in San Francisco coming up in January. Eva, good day to you. Hello there. How are you? Doing great. It's been probably just about a year since we've talked or somewhere in that. In that <laughs> yes, in that, we do talk. Up there. <laughs> we, need, we need to find other things to talk about, and we'll have you on all the time. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I can talk about Ignatius Press. Well, you, you know, we just had uh, 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 Vivian Dudra on, uh, who's an editor at uh, Ignatius Press and an author. And uh, Yes, just, no, she's here right now. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Just love all the—you work there as well. Yes, I work at Ignatius Press. I've been here for 30 years, and uh, Ignatius Press has been a huge support of the Walk for Life. I don't think we could do the walk without the support of Ignatius Press. You know, not alone do I work here, and they give me the leeway to work on the walk, um, but, you know, they support me in so many ways. So, yeah, the Walk for Life owes a lot to Ignatius Press. Oh, that's that's great to know, and and, uh, we— we uh, frequently will bring on authors, or once in a while we bring on Vivian to to uh, tell us about something she has edited. We just had her on about a book that she co-authored, and uh, uh, just and once in a while we're lucky we get Father Fessio on and uh, um, <laughs> the king, yeah. the, the, the man, and uh, the um, man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just so many wonderful titles and such diversity of titles. You know, I, oh, of I, course, I, it's a lot of work. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember we had uh, Monsignor Jim Murphy from here in the Diocese of Sacramento to, and he had had a book through Ignatius on the Cristero Wars in Mexico. You know, and yeah. just fascinating book. You know, just, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we have a lot of good books like that. So it's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, well, tell us about the Walk for Life and uh, the twentieth annual. Wow. I know. Can you believe it? It just it just seems like we just started it. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are 20 years later and uh, wishing that we didn't have to have it, but um, feel, feel the need that um, that it's needed, especially here in California. So, yeah, we're planning um, some special um, special things for the families and the kids that come uh, for the first time. We'll have the playground open at Civic Center Plaza. Uh, finally talked the city into letting us uh, let the kids in there because we get so many families, which is just so wonderful. And we invite all families to join us. And um, so we have that and we'll have face painting and we'll we'll try to make it joyous in the sense that we have been some great wins in the pro-life movement. And then, of course, we'll have the walk where we focus on what we can still be doing. Uh, explain the walk it goes from from Civic Center Plaza through what down market street yes we the rally starts at 12 30 at civic center plaza um there's four great speakers uh, that will be joining us and then at 1 30 we start walking down from civic center plaza down market street to the ferry building to uh-huh. embarcadero plaza and um can i just tell you real quick who the speakers are sure that'd be wonderful 
I know because it's we're quite excited because um, you know Lila Rose will be joining us now. She has spoken at the walk before, but we're so excited to have her back again. She's such a powerful figure in the pro-life movement with right. live action, and right. um, we have another person who I'm uh, excited to to introduce to the pro-life movement, especially out here on the West Coast. She lives in Florida. Her name is Kaya Jones. And she was the one of the original members of the Pussycat Dolls, the music group. And she's had three abortions. And her story is just amazing and fascinating and sad and, and, and profound. And, I mean, just so many words to use on her story. So we're so looking forward to her sharing her story with us. And then we have Kimberly Henkel. And she's going to be talking about fostering and adoptions. Um, she'll be the hit there with her family. She has a powerful message also. And then, of course, our standby, Reverend Childress, who's with us almost every single year. <laughs> I was going to ask. He, he has to be the there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's wonderful. So he'll be joining us again, for, of course, for our 20th anniversary. Is he still back in New Jersey? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So he'll be coming out with his wife, Regina, and just like every year, and they're, they're a staple now. They, they, we, it would be so strange not to have them with us. So we're very excited to have him back. Well, you know, we we usually interview him around this time of year, and um, I always say to Gabe, our producer, I, that uh, we don't we don't need a phone hookup. You just have him talk from <laughs> New Jersey, and I'm sure everybody will be able to hear him. <laughs> he's amazing. I mean, he and and he just has he has so much knowledge and so much passion, and I just I, we just love him. Yeah, he he, uh, he wouldn't miss it. I know that. I know. Yeah, he always looks forward to it too. I think it's a mu- mutual love. Um, he, he likes coming out here and being with us. So, so yeah, so those are some great speakers and we are so excited to share their stories and we would love to have people join us. We have an info fair before, just like every year. We have some great organizations that will be there. We have some um, pro-life books for adults and children that we'll be giving away for free at the info fair for, while supplies last. I want to make sure to put that in there. Uh, we have a couple hundred of each, and we're, we'd love to give them out to families and to people who want to learn more about the pro-life movement. So we'll be doing that. Uh, and like I mentioned before, we're going to have some uh, little things for for the children, you know, like the playground and face painting and things like that. We, we were going to try to make it really um, joyous for the children, and then we'll get into the rally where we hear the meat of the pro-life message. A great number of people come with buses, and I always recommend if you're a parish or maybe a nearby parish, uh, come, uh, you know, get on get on the bus because there's there's strength in numbers, there's camaraderie in numbers, uh, there's, uh, you know, it, it's always a, a spirit-filled and, all, and really fun-filled. It's a joyous occasion uh, to be on the bus with uh, people of a like mind and a like cause, but uh, there is a lot of parking right under Civic Center Plaza as well, and uh, yes, um, it's always. Uh, it seems like there's always there's always room there, and it's uh, uh, it's it's an easy ride from just about. Although you you get people coming from Bakersfield, you get people coming from Reno. You uh, I've seen some yes, of these youth groups ar- ar- arrive is just uh, always uh, fascinating. 
It, it is amazing. I mean, we've got, we've already have people from Arizona coming. And like you mentioned, Reno, we have several from Fresno, several, lots of buses from Fresno. So yes, we do get people from all over. And that's why we're called Walk for Life West Coast, right. because we, we want everybody to come and, and enjoy the, not alone enjoy the event, uh, enjoy, that might be the wrong word, but um but the, but you can enjoy the city. You know, you can make right. a weekend of it. Come and uh, come and enjoy San Francisco, and uh, it's such a beautiful city. I know it's oh, it got is. a it bad is. reputation, but <laughs> but it is beautiful. There's no there's no denying that the city is just gorgeous, and um, and yeah. So please come and join us. It'd be wonderful to have everyone. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, it's it's uh, growing up in Northern California. I think I sort of took San Francisco for granted. Uh, one of my older sisters, she couldn't wait to move there. You know, it's like, but it, internationally, that you, you talk to people that are going to travel to the United States, it's like one of the top, if not the top destination. They got to see San Francisco. I know it's 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 amazing. Even when I was a little child, you know, living in Indiana, I always wanted to live in San Francisco, yep, even yep. though I'd never been here. <laughs> but I just, I just, there was something about the draw of San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it is it's it's a spectacular city and uh, those two great bridges connecting it and uh, yeah exactly and and you know we have to a lot of people are moving from California and even from San Francisco but at the same time it's good that uh, the people of faith stay here you know we have to we have to keep uh, keep up the fight and 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 show that we're still here because if you listen to the news you would never know that there was a pro-life contingent in in San Francisco and in California so so it's it's very important it's a very important event for for showing that we exist here if, if we can exist here we can exist anywhere yeah <laughs> so, and i mean it's, it's a city named after saint francis i mean how much better can you do exactly we pay to saint francis all the time <laughs> yep yep very good well and there's no there's no signups uh nothing like that you just uh just come it's, it's uh, well yeah, there's a registration form on the website, but it's not mandatory. It's right. just suggested because then you get updated information about what's right. happening. And 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 also, I wanted to mention that if um, people that are listening from out of town, there is a, a tab on our website uh, where it says need a ride. Oh, and that gives you the list of buses that have spaces and where they're coming from. Wonderful. And then you're able to contact that bus captain and register to be on that bus. So even, so if you don't want to drive or, you know, or you can't drive, um, just check that out and see if there's a bus coming from your area. Very good. And what's the website? Walkforlifewc.com. Very good. Very good. And again, the rally starts at 1230, but you can come, come earlier and uh, there is the info fair and, uh, uh, and yeah, and there's the Silent No More. Silent No right. More has their their event before our rally. Where there's some great testimonials there too, and then we have the info fair open. The playground will be open. Lots of things going on ahead of the rally. So come join us. And 11 o'clock would be perfect because then that gives you time to check out everything and and before the rally starts. And it never rains in San Francisco on <laughs> the 20th of January. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think we've had rain one year, one time, and it was very time, yep. brief. 
Yep. Yeah, and it was brief. It it ended. So yeah, but it's been amazing how the weather has been with us every every year. It seems like we have good weather. Yep, indeed. Well, Eva, thanks for all your great work on this, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the 20th of January. Thank you so much, and Thank we'll you. talk to you again next year. Great. Thanks, Eva. <laughs> God bless. That's uh, Okay, God uh, bless. Yeah, you too. Uh, Eva, Eva Montaigne, uh, who has been part of uh, the one of the founders uh of the uh, Walk for Life West Coast, which will be the 20th annual, and in that in that light as as well, the uh, um, annual pro life mass of reparation here in the Diocese of Sacramento will take place on Monday, January 22nd. Um, <clears throat> so two days after, but that's the actual anniversary of Roe v. Wade. It's the the noon mass. Um, at the uh, Cathedral 1019 11th Street here in Sacramento. Uh, and it actually, it's, they call it the Noon Mass, but it starts at 12.10 p.m., and that will be the uh, annual pro-life massive reparation Monday, January 22nd, the year 2024. Hard to believe it's going to be 2024. Also, just a couple of things to put on your calendar. Uh, World Marriage Day is going to be Saturday, February 3rd, 1 to uh, 3 p.m. Uh, join join the join us as we honor marriage, salute the beauty of faithfulness, sacrifice, and joy in married life. There will be a special blessing for sacramentally married couples and an opportunity for them to renew their marital commitment. After Mass, there will be an opportunity to receive a blessing and a picture with Bishop Soto, and it will all take place at St. Charles Borromeo Parish, uh, 7584 Center Parkway, in Sacramento. Also on uh, February the 11th, the Sensory Friendly Mass for Catholics with Special Needs, a real important ministry. The Diocese uh, Diocesan Ministry for Catholics with Disabilities will host a Sensory Friendly Mass at St. John the Evangelist Church, which is <clears throat> 5751 Locust Avenue in Carmichael. The Mass will serve the needs of those with autism and other health challenges that require less stimulus by lowering lighting, soft music, and simpler texts and homily. Uh, Catholics with special needs and their families are encouraged to attend. For more information on this, uh, contact Terry Burns. Terry is at 916-802-8343. Again, that's uh, Sunday, February 11, uh, special of Mass of, at uh, 1 o'clock at St. John the Evangelist, 5751 Locust Avenue in Carmichael. And then Vocare, who are you called to be? Vocare, uh, February 23rd at uh, 4 p.m. to February 24 at 5 p.m. Join the Office of Priestly and Religious Vocations for the upcoming Young Adult Discernment Retreat for men and women ages 18 to 35. Young adults will have the opportunity to reflect and ponder on their vocation, gain tools for discernment and prayer as they meet with religious women and men to discern their vocation whether it be religious life or the priesthood. Registration is uh, now open. Uh, the weekend schedule is Friday the 23rd from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday the 24th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and that will all take place at the Pastoral Center, where we broadcast from at 2110 Broadway, right here in downtown Sacramento. And finally, Deus Vocat, a retreat for girls ages 13 to 17, will take place April 26 to 28, and this, this will be residential. Uh, it'll start on uh, 
uh, Friday evening and a run through Sunday afternoon all up at the Trini Pines Catholic Center, 28,000 Rollins Lake Road up in Colfax, a beautiful, beautiful center for retreats. Um, the girls ages 13 to 17 will learn about religious orders, consecrated life, and married life. There will be time for prayer, fellowship, games, and more. And they're taking uh, sign-ups for that as well. We'll t- take a, uh, a, we're going to take a break, or we'll take a, a quick break here, and we'll be back with, nope, no break. Gabe says, Gabe says, no, no break. So we're, we're going to go, go ahead here. Uh, with, uh, we should uh, let you know that there's going to be a Respect Life annual gathering on the 13th of January. Uh, guest speakers uh, include Heather Suarez, Renee and Lily Perez, and Molly Sheehan from the uh, California Catholic Conference. It will take place on the 13th of January at St. Lawrence the Martyr Parish, 4325 Don, Hoot, Don Julio Boulevard, in North Highlands, Bishop Soto will, will celebrate Mass at 8 a.m., and then the program will begin at 9 a.m. You're invited to join Respect Life Ministries from throughout the diocese as we renew our commitment to the bishop's four-part plan for Respect Life and explore ways that we can work closer together, supporting one another in this important work. Join us for a day of prayer, networking, discussion, and resourcing. Lunch will be provided Again, Bishop Soto will start the day with, with Holy Mass at 8 a.m. For more information, contact uh, 916-733-0123. Uh, Bishop Soto made the, the, the hard decision after much uh, uh, prayer and discernment and uh, you know just, just looking at the options to uh, declare bankruptcy protection for the Diocese of Sacramento to so to ensure that uh, all sex abuse victims are treated fairly and equitably by uh, the bankruptcy court. And this is his letter to the faithful. You may have heard it in Mass. You may have seen it in your parish bulletin. It's also available on the diocesan uh, website uh, and uh, scd.org, sacramentocatholicdiocese.org. I'll read it to you now, though. Dear friends in Christ, After careful consideration and consultation, I have made the decision to file a Chapter 11 petition on behalf of the Diocese of Sacramento with the United States Bankruptcy Court in 2024. I expect to do so in March. It is now clear to me that the only respectful, transparent, and fair way to address a substantial number of claims by those who have been abused by clergy and other members of the Church is to seek a court-supervised reorganization This process will also allow me to sustain the sanctifying teaching and charitable work of the Catholic community in Northern California. Without such a reorganization process, it is likely that not all the abuse victim survivors would receive a fair consideration of their claim. The funds available to settle claims could be depleted by the first few cases addressed, leaving those that follow with little or no compensation. Last spring, I presented the very serious financial situation for the Diocese of Sacramento as I responded to more than 250 lawsuits alleging sexual abuse by clergy or other church staff. I had promised to update you when I had reached a decision regarding the path forward. I remain steadfast in my belief that I must continue to atone for the horrible sin of clergy sexual abuse, the sickening evil that was perpetrated upon innocent children, 
and the failure of the and the failure of church leadership to address it appropriately has caused unfathomable pain that endures. It is these sins that brought us to this place. Pray for the healing of victim survivors. The pain inflicted on them lasts a lifetime, and so our atonement must be a lifetime commitment. The reorganization process would allow the work of the diocese to continue. My co-workers and I will continue to support parishes, schools, and charitable organizations serving families and communities in need. Importantly, parishes and schools would continue their operations uninterrupted. It is only the administrative office of the bishop that will be seeking bankruptcy protection. Bankruptcy is a costly and lengthy process, but it also provides supervision and transparency for all the parties involved so that a fair resolution is offered to the victim survivors of abuse. Please join me in prayer for this journey of atonement and renewal that must begin. With God's mercy, we will emerge from this necessary penitential exercise with greater resolve to be a humble sanctuary of holiness and healing for all the sons and daughters of God in Northern California. Respectfully, Jaime Soto, Bishop of the Diocese of Sacramento. I know a difficult decision, but the right decision. And we will, as Bishop urges, all pray for the uh, many victims of uh, sexual abuse uh, here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Well, we had a chance to sit down with uh, Jennifer Campbell, who is the director of Camp Pandola, a wonderful camp up in the foothills up in Yuba County. And she's looking for all kinds of help this summer, uh, good help, paid help. She needs cooks, uh, you know, bottle washers, <laughs> etc. camp counselors, uh, needs somebody uh, actually to be a year-round person to uh, be a caretaker of the camp uh, as well sort of a handy handy man, handy person, handy woman, whatever it is. Uh, and sh- we had a chance to sit down with her and learn about all the positions that are open uh, starting right now, and then some of them, most of them, in the summer as well. So we're going to bring you that interview now. Uh, what, what, kind of, that is what kind of hat does Camp Pendola have? I mean, if you went to our store when you're up in the summer and come up in the summer— we have lots of hats that we sell, but, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like today, actually. I haven't looked too closely. <laughs> <laughs> one of those days. Um, but, yeah, we're getting, we are getting ready for camp. So that's really exciting that we're, you know, getting ready to, getting ready to launch registration. We've already started um, recruiting for staff. Um, but we're about ready to start recruiting for campers, if you can believe it. I mean, it's only December. Ideal Christmas present. It would make a great Christmas present. My Our goal is to get registration open by December um, 15th, so in time for parents to to put that at, as a, put that under the tree um, for their camper. We're, um, or a stocking so we, stuffer. We can talk about, or a stocking stuffer. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger ticket item. So I don't know if it goes in your stocking or not. I don't know how every family does that a little different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we're, we're excited this summer. We're, we're trying to do a couple things differently this year. Um, you know, we're always trying new things at camp just to, to get as many campers up as possible. Um, so we are going to have, but we are going to have full four full weeks of camp this year. Um, and we're going to have a mini week 
And instead of putting our family camp, which hasn't been able to run due to low attendance last couple of years in Labor Day, we're going to move it to the middle of summer. So, oh wow, trying some trying some different things, yeah. Because <laughs> family camp was very popular, it just maybe maybe that date didn't work that well. Sometimes the date didn't work. So it was hard to sometimes find staff because my staff from the summer had already gone back to school right. and they weren't necessarily right. local students. Um, or if if it worked out, if we had more staff, like the years we had more staff that were like on the quarter system, like what UC Davis is on, right? then it was fine because they don't start till almost, almost October. A, yeah, the end of <laughs> September, yeah. Yeah, but everyone else has been back in school for a few weeks. So, yeah, we're trying to move it to the middle of the summer this year. So that'll be a little different. Um, and we're starting a week later. So we're really just like we're the, we're having camp the last week of June and then through the month of July Very um, good. this year, really focusing on the month of July. So um, I, I yeah. saw that you were have you hired a caretaker yet? I have not. We are still in the process of doing that. Explain um, what that I, what that involves. You know, it's it's funny because I mean, it's going to be year round up there. It might be a little lonely in the winter, but I the other the other night. Oh, our neighbors, for unknown reasons, at midnight were setting off firecrackers, and I thought, and I thought about that job up, up at Camp Vendola. I thought, oh, that it might not be so be, bad. It, it will be quiet at times, yes. Um, but the caretakers, um, there's housing for that person. Or, um, if you know, it's a couple, then there, there's you know, couple housing, whatever, however you want to call that. Um, there's a few houses they can live in. And they're up there year round. So taking, making, you know, you know, scooping snow off of things as needed, um, prepping the site for the next year, winterizing, winterizing. I can't say that word today. Um, yeah. <laughs> making it safe for winter. Um, and, and make, you know, if, if any kind of um, maintenance issues happens because of weather which you know happens every once in a while they're there to mediate the damage um that might be there right um but I mean, a lot of the time you're just getting to work outside at beautiful camp pendola um and and then in the summer you're still there but you're helping us helping the staff um with uh, making sure that everything is set up and safe for campers mm-hmm. so the, the that caretaker will be helping with like cleaning the bathrooms and those kind of chores and making sure that all the toilets are working, which you'd be amazed. One running toilet will, will (laughs) take all of our water that we have. Oh, sure. Our houses. So, yeah. So you want to, it's happened before. (laughs) You want like a, a handyman, a roofer, a plumber, electrician, uh, Jack of all trades. A Jack of all trades. Um, I mean, especially, you know, your basic handyman who has some, a little carpentry, knows how to unclog a toilet, um, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, also is aware of, like, roofing issues and not necessarily that we would expect them to be able to fix roofing issues, but would ha- know who to call um, and not Ghostbusters um, and all of that kind of stuff. So somebody who, who can has that kind of general knowledge of, like, of maintenance and ground maintenance too, because we do have quite a bit of lawn and um, defensible defensible space we need to keep up at camp, uh, maintaining, put, keeping those blackberries. I know everyone loves blackberries, but they are the weed of berries. 
They, <laughs> they are. You know, I, I, I know up in. They're uh, just the worst. They're everywhere. And, like, it's such a small fruiting season, and we totally miss it. So, for us, they're just an annoyance. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because uh, I know up in Oregon, you'll see signs for bramble removal, you know, like it's an, an yeah. evil thing. And there's nothing like blackberry uh, blackberry pie, but uh, they are. They take over. They they really take oh, over. Yeah. And, and down here in the Central Valley as well and, and up in the foothills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, blackberry cobbler is the best. I oh, have it a is. really good recipe that if we get berries at camp, I will make for my staff. But <laughs> I hate them. Um <laughs> So, yeah, doing the general maintenance like that, make sure cabins are good. Um, you know, every once in a while, some deer like to try to trample through things and, you know, making sure they kind of stay away. Kind of general things like that is what the person would be doing. Um, and it's not, so it's not a full-time job. It's three-quarters time. Basically, it's it's uh, 25 to 30, 20 to 30 hours a week, um, depending on the week, of course, and how much work someone could actually do while up there. Um, depending on weather and then but their housing is included and that's you know includes internet and um phones and that kind of stuff so they, they do have internet uh, availability up there mm-hmm. they do it's it's satellite internet so if you know what that is you know um it's interesting but um yeah there's there is internet decent um that's what we use all summer for myself to be able to communicate with the office and check my sure. email and get messages from parents um is is that same internet and it works oh i can you know for certain people that would be an ideal job i think (laughs) you don't expect there to be internet in the middle of the woods (laughs) no you don't you really don't you just don't (laughs) but it works so yeah so we're we are still hiring for that position um and they can apply by sending um they can get more information by going to the diocesan website um and then they can apply by sending me the Sacramento Diocese application as well as their resume and cover letter. Very good. Very good. That will be, I, I, I want to interview that people, that person, <laughs> or, the, or those people. <laughs> yes. Once, once, they're, once that person is hired, we'll definitely have them on the radio. Very good. Sure. Very good. So what else are you hiring for now? We are hiring for all of our summer staff, so we're looking for 20 camp counselors, um, about a 50-50 split, girls to boys. Generally, we need a few more girls than boys, but about there. Um, we are looking for a head counselor. That's someone who um, hopefully has been a counselor in the past um, at Camp Pandola and kind of can show the new staff the ropes, um, but it also has a little, little more responsibility than the other counselors do. Um, We're hiring for our program director. Uh, That person puts together the schedule for the week, um, letting staff know what jobs they're doing, but also what activities our campers are gonna be doing throughout the week. We're hiring for our head cook, which that title's self-explanatory, I think. just kind of making sure that everything is cooked <laughs> properly and the kitchen is kept clean. Um, and our wellness coordinator, which we used to call our nurse, but now we're calling it the wellness coordinator because our intention is that our campers have our well <laughs> um, um, body and mind. So 
we, that person is going to be passing out medication as needed if campers have it, but it's also someone who's checking in with counselors and with campers and making sure that, you know, that they're doing okay emotionally and if they need a break or if they need mm-hmm. some extra time, they're, they're there to help them with that. With oh, that's that. very good. Um, yeah. So that we're it's things are kind of different titles this year for some of our positions. Um, similar jobs as the old titles had, but um, just the different mentality with behind them. And so those are the main positions we're hiring for right now. Um, applications usually come in around this time, and then I can do interviews while people are home on their Christmas breaks. Um, that's my goal anyway. Um, and then, and then we'll, so by the middle of January, we'll be well into recruiting for campers as well. So how much creativity does the cook have? The cook can have quite a bit of creativity. They don't have to have any. I can give them their complete menu. We can work it out together. It all just depends on like their strengths um, when it comes to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I think every kitchen manager that I have had work for me so far has had different strengths and needed different things. Um, some needed a lot of creativity. Some were like, I know what I'm going to cook. This, this will work. This is good. And it was fine. And some were like, I don't know what you want me to cook. <laughs> so I think it's just a, a good balancing act you have to have. So are they cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. And a snack six days a week? Seven days a week? Um, six days a week. So we start with dinner. The first meal they cook is dinner on Sunday, uh-huh. and then the last meal they cook is dinner on Friday. Okay. And dinner on Friday is kind of a to-go dinner. Um, <laughs> we put it out for the parents and encourage them to grab and go. So m- most parents pick their kids up there? Yeah. They, the maybe, maybe there's do, some carpooling? or. Yes, often some carpooling. We used to do a bus. We haven't done that. I'm not sure how in how long it was just, I mean, <laughs> we just would have weeks where there would be like two kids who would be signed up for the bus. Uh-huh. But the rest of the parents wanted to come up and see camp before sure. they left their, sure. their camper or they were former campers themselves and wanted to see it like yeah, with adult eyes. You know? <laughs> like, um, and so, yeah, it just, it didn't make sense for us to do that anymore. Good. So if the cook says, I, I want to do X, Y, and Z, and then as long as it's within budget, you you say fine if you think it's going to be okay. Yeah, as long as it's within um, budget and it's something that I think campers are going to enjoy. Um, I, we don't want to serve food that um, campers won't enjoy or that's too costly to mm-hmm. serve, you know, the, the, the number of people we're serving. So... I mean, it just depends on, the, and that totally depends on the week. It is so funny. One week you're like, the kids like went crazy, will go crazy for like chicken tenders. And then the next week they're like, I don't really like those, but they'll eat you out of like pasta. Uh-huh. You just never know what, you know, what campers are going to really love from one day to the next, um, or even one week to the next. I mean, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just, Getting, letting them be creative to a certain extent, but also trying, like, especially with the desserts, like, we have a lot of time to, that they can bake and do kinds of fun things, um, different kinds of cookies. And then also, you're always having to find things that 
<coughs> that works for people's allergies. <coughs> and so that requires creativity sometimes. So how many people are they cooking for at, at a time? Like, like breakfast and lunch and dinner and snack for how many people? Um, 70 to 90. Wow. It really depends on the week. So like our ma- our generally max number of campers is 60. And then if you have 20 or so staff, right, you're already at 80. So it kind of just depends on the week. Some weeks are going to be lower than that. Some weeks are higher. So you, you finish breakfast and you're already working on lunch. You finish. Yeah. Breakfast and lunch are, are the ones that's pretty close together. So your legs, it's, you get a little bit of a break and then you're starting lunch again. Um, but you have a, there's a decent break time between lunch and dinner. Uh-huh. I don't, I this, just the, the way the schedule is. Right. Um, so yeah, you are, you're, we're fi- finishing up the last, probably the last dish and then staff go eat and then they're starting up again with the lunch, depending on what the meal is. Of course, like some are, some meals are much easier than others. You yeah. have to try to, you know, you try to make the lunch a little less um, time-consuming, maybe than the than the dinner menu, just out of necessity of time and stuff. Like I that. think I'd just boil up about a hundred hot dogs and break out the buns and the mustard and <laughs> say, "Here you go, kids." You'd be amazed how many kids you were going to have to make so many substitutions if you put out. Hot Is dogs that right? Nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you could, yeah, for sure. We do, I mean, we do all kinds of things that you just, it's just kind of amazing, the substitutions. Some of it, well, most of it is dietary. It's not like a preference thing. It's yeah. dietary restriction. Yeah. So, and and um, that's something you try, really try to accommodate, I know. <laughs> yeah, we really do spend a lot of time um, focusing on making sure that all of our campers, you know, they all feel like they're all getting the same amount of, of whatever the food is and that everyone their food choices are being respected. Now, I mean, to a certain extent, like mm. if your child is a very picky eater, we can't necessarily accommodate that. Right. Um, they're going to make their food choices and we're going to ask that everyone try a bite of everything, unless it's something you're allergic to. Right. We want you to try it. Um, and it's been kind of amazing how parents will be like, how did you get my kid to eat broccoli? And I'm like, I don't know. We <laughs> put it in front of them. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. We offered it to them and we, and told them they needed to try it. Right. Yeah, and you once know, their friends are trying and they're trying it, then it's great. The secrets to getting kids to eat broccoli is called mayonnaise. Yeah, Gabe, funny. my producer is nodding his head. Yes. No, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we were a broccoli family. So like, it's weird to me. People don't eat broccoli, but Growing up, that was, I mean, there was, my brother, I grew up with a very picky eater. My brother is a very, very picky eater. He won't even be embarrassed if anyone knows that I'm saying this on the radio about him. But he used, literally his diet until he was like 15 was pepperoni pizza, hot dogs, preferably from Arco, um, <laughs> and broccoli. And broccoli. Pasta with nothing on it. Well, you, and broccoli. Well, pasta we, with nothing on it. See, you had a balanced diet. <laughs> Very balanced. But these are like the things he would eat. And it was just like kind of some of it's kind of family joke now. But like he was the pickiest eater. But when he went to his best friend's house, he would eat whatever their mom put in front of it. Her, oh, he, don't, don't it. you know it? Uh, don't we? <laughs> our our youngest uh, was that way where 
we would, you know, he'd get invited like to a sleepover or something, you know, the 13, 14 year old. And we're thinking this is going to be terrible for him. He won't be able to eat because we, we, we can't figure out what he'll eat. You know what I mean? Here. And we tried everything and he's a real picky eater. You just don't even want to go into a restaurant with him, you know, because you got to grill the waiter and say, don't put any pepper on it. Don't put any, anything, you know, and, and, and ultimately it always failed because the chef would do something to it, you know, and, yeah, and, and now he's going over to a sleepover. He's going to be eating dinner and breakfast and, and it's going to be embarrassing, yeah. but no, no problem. He eats every, everything they're making over there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I think that's the same thing at camp, right? Kids come to camp and like, they may be your picky eaters, but they get up there and they're like, Oh, this is what we're eating. Cool. Like, this is what my friends are eating? Great. I'll eat it. Yeah, and a, right? a little and bit so of maybe a little peer same, pressure. Maybe, but I mean, it's like put put upon themselves. It's not like their friends are like, eat it so I don't get set, I don't get thirds, right? Yeah. So like, there are some kids that like, you know, they'll just eat whatever. And I think that's something that's really interesting and fun about camp is like we really do challenge by choice. We want them to try new things, and we're sure. challenging them in those new things. Absolutely. And one of those new things is sometimes the food. <laughs> sometimes it's the food. Sometimes it's the vegetable we have, or a salad bar. So I'm sure you're, um, after this show, you're going to be inundated with cook applications. I really hope so. You know, we just we really a solid cook is so important to camp. Oh sure. Because um, there's, because honestly, like. We can, you know, we have a chaplain that comes and can feed our staff and our campers spiritually, and their counselors are there to, like, be a comfort for them and help them and, and, you know, feed them, like, socially and help them to make friends and all those things. But if we don't have somebody who can feed us physically and give us good food, you have cranky campers and cranky staff because they're hungry or they don't like things. So it's important that we... It's probably one of the most important jobs at camp is the cook. I know that sounds really silly, but it's so important that the there's somebody there who who cares about what they're what the what the campers are eating. Wow. Aside from me, of course. Oh yeah, I, care, will but I can't cook, be in the kitchen the whole time. Will the cook be called Cookie? <laughs> I don't think we've not called them that before, but that does remind me of like every TV show about camp. Yes. Ever, I think that cooks are called cookie. <laughs> so counselors, that's especially yeah. head counselor. That strikes me as a hugely important job. It is that we need twenty of them so that we can have two counselors in each cabin. The counselors are there to help lead the activities with the campers, so they're there to help them to learn archery, to watercolor, to make rosaries um not rosaries were very popular last year help them with jewelry any of those activities um go on the hikes all of that kind of fun stuff that's the counselors are there to do that um and then also they're there to like help them feel safe at night and help them to fall asleep and pray with them um tell them stories sing them songs all of that kind of fun stuff that you think about when you think about summer camp so you need 20. That's a, that's a lot. It is a lot. Um, it basically breaks down to being able to have um, eight cabins per week. Um, mm-hmm. So, cause not 
a cabin doesn't generally have 10 kids in it um, just because we also break them by break the kids up by um, age and by gender and so yeah we need we want to be able to have eight cabins each week boys and girls so we'll need that many counselors plus because the counselors also help cover in the kitchen and some of the counselors are like assigned to um, one week you might be assigned to just be an in-camp staffer so you're helping set up activities you'll still lead activities but you're doing more of the setup um, and helping with ground maintenance. So describe a cabin. <laughs> Jennifer, I'm sorry. I oh, that's okay. That. Yeah, sorry. Des- I missed that question. Describe a cabin. Oh, um, physically? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, are they, cabins. you know, are they, do they have hot and cold running water and <laughs> a fireplace, or are they pretty basic, or... They are very rustic is the word we use. Mm -hmm. Um, The cabins are just basically like they're open air cabins. So they're like a 12 by 12 structure um, that has a roof and netting to keep the mosquitoes out. And then they have um, anywhere between um, five and six, five and seven bunks. So that many people can sleep in them. and they're but they're mostly open air um we have three that are enclosed um they still have windows because none of there's no electricity in our cabins so when i say rustic that's what i mean by that um and they're um up on the hill above the above camp basically there's just like the cabin hill and there are 12 cabins up on the hill okay so and do the mosquitoes respect the netting? Some of them do. <laughs> Most <laughs> of them do, yeah. I think the, the mosquito bites generally are happening in the evening, not inside the cabin. Yeah. Um, like, last year we were kind of lucky. It was a low mosquito year, but who knows what we'll get. Mosquitoes are everywhere in the world. It doesn't matter the elevation. It doesn't matter if it's hot or cold If in the summer. They're everywhere, especially really especially are. at night. Yeah. Yeah. They come out in the evening as soon as sun starts to set, and then they just don't leave us alone. Yeah. Um, until it gets cool, until it gets pretty cool in the evening, like sun's completely down, then they go away. But That um, and, yeah, and, and so, wind, wind will chase them away, too. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah, you need big just, fans. So, maybe that would work. The netting does seem to work, and honestly, a, a, um, a lot of the kids wear hoodies, and those, that for especially when you're sleeping, are perfect. Yeah. You put your hoodie up, and you cover your ears and your neck, and that's where mosquitoes like to bite is around your ears and your neck. Yeah. Um, so, so we we do pretty well with those. So that's so that's basically what a cabin is. Um, the counselors um, stay in the cabins overnight with the campers, but then they get to store their stuff. We have two. Um, one for one for guys and one for girls. We have two um, cabins that are fully enclosed with electricity, and that's where the counselors get to keep their stuff. They can charge their cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they have cell service at camp, uh, <laughs> but they can charge their stuff, keep their stuff. Change, that's where they'll change and get ready, and take. They can take a nap on their breaks, things like that. Um, in there. So the, the counselors, the, counselors have to be eighteen. They do. They need to be 18 or older, high school graduate, um, 
or about to graduate. We'll interview you now, and if you mm-hmm. graduate in June, <laughs> fine. Um, and uh, practicing Catholic, and the ability to pass um, and take the faith environment course, and then they'll go through training. We will do a week and a half of training again this year, where we'll have topics about um, social emotional learning for our campers, um, how to lead all the different activities. Um, outdoor living skills, things like that, will all be covered during um, staff training. Is there some kind of international training manual for camp counselors? <laughs> there really isn't. Um, everybody kind of does similar things <laughs> that we learn from the American Camping Association website, which has a lot of great tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every camp is so specific. So um, I'm sure I'll get more tips and tricks from going to the American Camping Association conference this year um, in February. So I'm sure I'll I'll get even more ideas for how to train the staff while I'm, when I'm there. At, and at the American Camping Association convention, you all stay in rustic cabins. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're staying. It's it's in New Orleans, and we're oh, wow. staying in like a Hilton. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right hotel. That's the one that came to mind. That's great. Um, yeah, no, we no. Um, but for the Catholic Camping Summit, which is a different training, uh, different meeting that I go to, for that one, we'll be staying in rustic camp cabins. This year, we're going to be up in Seattle oh, at wow. the CYO up there. Yeah. So that's that's all. All of these things are happening in January, February, which is, you know. Getting so there's the American Camping Association, and then there's a separate Catholic one. Yeah, so we, um, the Catholic camp, some of us are members of, like, we're members of the ACA. Some mem- some of the people are not. But it's Catholic camps from across the country. Um, and they started this before I started working um, for Camp Pendola. But it's, um, it was just, they wanted to meet with each other, pray with each other, um, and see each other's camps. So what an easy way to do it. And so we have a summit every year, um, end of January. And we, um, so I've gone to three or four, I'm losing track, honestly, at this point in my life. Um, but <laughs> we've gone, I've gone to camps in Kansas, in um, Wisconsin, um, one in West Virginia that sadly is no longer in existence. Last year I went to Colorado. Um, it was very high, the altitude is bad um, mm. for me. And then, and then this year we're going to Seattle, so those are really exciting. There's a mountain in in Colorado, one of the 14s as they call them, uh, that's Mount of the Holy Cross. Yeah. And there's a crevice, I did and about the, that. the snow fills in the crevice, and it makes a cross. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think I cool. heard about that when we were there. When we were there, the the place, the camp we were, I was at, um, is Annunciation Heights, and they own, they also are part of, they're part of the Archdiocese of Denver mm-hmm. and have Camp St. Malo. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know anything about Camp St. Malo, but Camp St. Malo is the camp, and I was in the chapel that um, Pope Francis, this not Pope Francis, um, John Paul II, John Paul II, when yeah, did, yeah, when he went to World Youth Day. So there, I was in the chapel that he had been in. It felt very special. And wow. it's a tiny little chapel at uh, Tom St. Malo. 
and there's a picture of him out on the like deck looking out on the whole wow. valley area yeah well um, it was kind of cool to be like i've been where he was that's cool that's very cool that world youth day in denver uh i've heard more people say you know either conversion or brought back to the faith was world youth day in denver i'm sure that john paul ii was sorry it wasn't in winter because he was a big skier i'm sure but i can't imagine that many people having to be outside in winter there no Um, that's true that's true too it would have been not great. I was there in winter, and it was really, really cold. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I can attest to that. Um, but yeah, it was. It's so it's really cool to get to go to these different conferences and get lots of different ideas that I can then bring back to camp. Um, new ideas, new processes, new ways of thinking about things and doing things that we already do. Um, and just you know, like. Archery is archery, right? But there's you go to these conferences and there's like new games you can do during archery, and those are always kind of fun to try to incorporate back into camp as well. There, there are things you can do with archery other than shooting at the target. <laughs> well, sometimes you can put balloons on the target. Oh, and then oh you sure. Can make like lots. Of, there's fun things you can do. Um, some camps we do not have these, but some camps have like the the targets that like look like animals and stuff. We don't uh-huh. do that. We just have regular target targets. We love all of God's creation. Exactly. I don't need a seven-year-old crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> and not in archery. Archery is nothing but joy. Yes, right. Um, <laughs> so we try to do lots of different things with that. Oh, that's great. So how can people contact you if, uh, first off, not for camping, but for any of these positions we're talking about? Yeah, for any of the positions we're talking about, if you you can either email me at jcampbell at scd.org, um, and it's spelled just like the soup. Right. So if you aren't sure, go look at the can of soup in your cl- in your cabinet, um, and then or you can go to the website, which is um, pendola.org forward slash employment, and that has all where all the positions are listed, job descriptions, and where you can fill out the application. Very good. Um, and then if you're just interested in looking about camp, I'm getting, I'm almost got the website updated, almost. Um, <laughs> but you can see what we've done in the past. Um, if you want to look at all of that, you can just go to our website, pendola.org and uh, pendola.org, and then look at all the different um, camp things we're doing, the different weeks, the theme weeks we have. Um, and I'll, we can talk about it later, but I am bringing back, I think, your favorite camp week theme this summer. Like- Invaders of the Night will be Oh, back. yes. Oh, that is my favorite. <laughs> and I know it Bishop would be my Soto kids' favorite, too. always comments on it, too. The <laughs> kids love it. Bishop Soto always asks me about it. So I was like, let's just do it. Bring it back. Why, would, why wouldn't you have it every year? Because it's exhausting. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it is for the staff. But the kids love it so much that... We're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it one more time. See if we can muster the strength. Just staying up till two a.m. is is rough. Yes. So J Campbell <laughs> at scd.org. That's correct. Jay and it, and that's Campbell spelled like the Campbell's soup on the Andy Warhol can, right? Exactly. Right. Okay. <laughs> sure, we had that right. That is a throwback reference. <laughs> is it did i just date myself <laughs> maybe 
A little bit. But I think everyone knows what you mean. Yes. And it's got it's got the name Camp in it. Do you have a bell at camp? You could have a camp bell. We do. Um, next time you have Deacon Kevin on, you should ask him what he wants the bell to be named. <laughs> he has a whole thing. And every time we're at camp, he talks, he tells me about it. So, um, yeah, just ask, ask Deacon Kevin next time he's on about I it. I will. I will. Yeah. Well, Wonderful. Jennifer, always, always a joy. Anything uh, we didn't ask you that you wanted to get out there? No, I don't think so. Just if you know anyone over 18, summer job, please encourage them to apply. And they're, they're not volunteers. They get paid. They get paid. They're not volunteers. We are, at, we are asking to pay people. Apply to be paid for the summer. Um, so, yeah, if you know anybody, please send them our way. Very good. Jennifer, thanks for joining us. Uh, God bless, and we'll look forward to talking again soon. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you.